breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty talking with Doctor Lamar Gorey on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Doctor, good morning. Thank you for taking time to talk with us this morning. Good morning. Always my pleasure to visit with you guys. Same here. School board meeting today to vote on closing Stoner Hill Elementary based on your recommendations. Explain to us how you came to make the that recommendation. Thank you. You know, uh, in working with staff, we always look for what are the best opportunities for children and certainly always respecting the emotion involved in any school consolidation of closure. But, you know, if you look at the, you know, the fact that we've seen a 19.8% decline in student enrollment in our parish, uh, the conversation around consolidation and closure is going to happen. Uh, when we look at E.B. Williams, Starner Hill, we see the populations decline to 166 students and of those 166 50 of them are part of special singleton uh, special education programs that we quite frankly have put there to help with the enrollment but at this time and if you look across the entire nation you see that there are teacher shortages everywhere and certainly when you're a small school where you only have one teacher per grade level uh, it creates challenges for administration with finding teachers and that there's only one fully certified teacher if you look at those core grades from pre-K to fifth grade at Stoner Hill. So uh, this consolidation would not only net in a reduction to the overall district budget of 5.5 teachers, but today it would put all of those children in situations where they have fully certified teachers, which we have a belief that all children truly do deserve. So those are some of the factors that have gone into this very um, you know, difficult decision. What happens with the the teachers, the staff at that school, and again, the the students would all be transferred to Cresswell? Is that the plan? So, in what you see here today, uh, in general, the general ed population would be transferred to Cresswell. And, and remember that there's only one certified teacher, and in a system of this size, uh, you easily kind of absorb. 30 teachers are 50 teachers today. So that that's never an issue. There's never a question of a rift, which is a reduction in force. Uh, everyone will be absorbed within the system. And even some of the long-term subs that have worked as hard as they possibly can, uh, my staff is working closely with them on finding opportunities for them even within the school system. I think it's important to note uh, that those special ed programs will either be transferred to Cresswell, uh, AC Steer, or to uh, 81st Street, and which are all higher-performing schools than where the students currently find themselves. Uh, on your report, one of the seven regular education classes uh, of the seven, one is being taught by a teacher, who, which you just mentioned, fully certified. Five are being taught by teachers who are pursuing teacher certification and one by a long-term substitute. So those teachers, I don't want to say unqualified, but where would they go in the move to Cresswell? Would they take over classrooms there? So what you see there, I'm going to give you a quick example. If you look at the uh, third grade situation, uh, there is about 12 or 13 kids in third grade at Stoner Hill now. There's only 36 
at uh, Cresswell. So when you combine those, you're at about 48 students, which is two teachers. So that's one of those examples where you would reduce a teacher. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens, though, is that we have so many vacancies uh, throughout a system of this size is that the teachers would either go to Cresswell or teachers can be placed anywhere in the system. The thing that we are committed to is that there will not be any reduction in force. There will be vacancies in the district where these teachers that are certified and or qualified will have first priority. And let me acknowledge and appreciate the hard work of everyone in the situation that we've gone through last this year. I uh, certainly appreciate my, my staff, too, who has had to go in and work diligently to ensure that those literacy and numeracy blocks were uh, appropriate. So uh, it's really been a, a hard fight for the entire system this year, and, and we feel that the challenge there uh, would be best served by a consolidation. Dr. Lamar Gorey, let me ask you, again, leaving a shell in a neighborhood, in a kind of an inner-city neighborhood, what is the plan for that property? I mean, do you have any nibbles at all? Right. So what we will do is what we've done with all of our other buildings. And I do believe the board has been very good stewards of those vacant buildings in districts. There are some examples, of course, where where we could do uh, things maybe different. But we are still committed to not leaving eyesores in communities and working with communities to do everything we can to make the best use of that property. I think if you look at some examples, we've done some sales uh, where appropriate, like Arthur Circle. We've also done some teardowns uh, where appropriate to leave beautiful land that we maintain. I do think, and this is an emotional decision, and I do understand that, but I do think that this board was elected, and, and we I've stressed, and the community has stressed, this board will have to make difficult decisions, and this is one of those decisions. And, uh, you know, as we continue to manage the fiscal responsibilities of the district, uh, th th this decision today is really academic. But, however, uh, the, as we continue to look at where we are fiscally, based on loss of population, this board will have to step up and make these decisions, and we'll have to do what's necessary to protect neighborhoods wherever they may be. Let me ask you one thing that may be a, a sore subject to some. Uh, we have one certified teacher in this school. We're about a week away from LEAP testing. Have we done a disservice to these children? Are they not prepared for LEAP next week when they have one certified teacher working with them? So what I will tell you is that, again, when I think of my staff, when I think of uh, central office staff, when I think of Mr. Burton's team, when I think of the ESL personnel, when I think of all of our literacy people and people from other, from other uh, areas in, in the district, we have pushed people in uh, as best we could to protect those literacy and numeracy blocks because we know those are important. Now, at the same time, I want to remind you that if you're a third grade at that school today, uh, you left kindergarten in the middle of the year. Uh, many of those children were quarantined mm -hmm. first grade and came back to second grade to, uh, to, to be, I mean, kept home their first grade year and came back to second year with quarantines every other week. So uh, a lot of these babies are already up against the wall uh, in some of these spaces. But we have done everything we can to push in. What the challenge is, is when we're pushing, pulling people to do that, we're taking them away from their day-to-day -day job. So that's another main reason why we're asking for this consolidation based on academics, because we feel we can provide a better quality service if we put the children in front of teachers who have more experience, who have, ex who have been trained in things like science of reading. And these are things that if you are in a teacher certification program, you just have not been exposed to. So, and to put that many t 
teachers in that situation with no partner teachers is unfair to the teachers as well. Mm. Dr. Lamar Gorey, we thank you and good luck on the vote today and uh, let us know how it turns out. Right. And what I only think I'd like to close by saying is that, you know, we do respect the emotion of this decision. But over the next four years, this board will be called on to make difficult decisions and uh, just continue to pray for the system and the board as they make them. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mikey McCartney. Uh oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. Glad my mic wasn't on. And mine glad mine wasn't uh. on either. My monster kind of kicked in for a second there. <laughs> I don't need to know about your um, monster. Yeah. <laughs> my monster drink. Okay. okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um big story with these old Dominion voting machines. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. And it's and and it's, I mean, it's all but proof that Fox was wrong and Fox was guilty. Well, everybody makes and mistakes, Mikey. <laughs> they they didn't mean Have it. Have you seen the emails? Oh my God! It's like we know this is not right, but Rudy Giuliani's gold. Keep putting him on. Keep letting him spew it. Though they knew it was wrong. Tucker Carlson, in his emails, knew it was not true. Knew it was wrong. Sent emails. They fired people that were fact-checking and saying, this is not right. Rudy Giuliani is gold. And what's her name? Sydney. I don't know her name. They're gold. Every time they come on, ratings go up. I mean, they have them in emails. So it was not going to be pretty. And they were, I mean, they had picked the jury. They were ready to go. You were going to have Sean Hannity testifying. You were going to have Tucker Carlson testifying. Rupert Murdoch. We're all going to be, I mean, they were going to run them all out and go over all those emails over. It was going to be brutal for Fox. Brutal. And I love Fox. Don't get me wrong. But they botched this one. In a journalistic sense, they botched it. And the other media is having a field day. <laughs> field day. And I Too got bad nobody's seeing it. Yeah. I got a text, though. I did get a text from a few people saying, huh, wonder why you're not seeing this on Fox. You did see it on Fox. You had to pay attention. It wasn't long. It wasn't the, the six or eight minute piece that the other networks were doing with it. It was a little three minute little piece, but they did do it. They didn't give the total amount. Fox is going to pay almost eight hundred yeah. million dollars. Dominion sued for one point six billion mm -hmm. and settled for I think seven hundred and seventy eight or seven hundred eighty seven yeah, million. It's a lot of money. For a defamation case, you What's have the to, largest in U.S. history. Yes, yeah. it's a big story, and I, and I understand. You know, Fox is going to bury it. They're going to bury the lead. I get that, but it's a big deal. And then you have the to, in today's climate, you have the trail. You have the paper trail. You know, you have texts, you have emails, you have all kinds of conversations, and it was not going to be good. I, you know, I. For Fox, it's good that you don't have to get all your people up on the witness stand and embarrass them. Because every day would have been a CNN feast. 
on who testified and what they got caught doing wrong. And I mean, it was going to be a daily feast every evening on the other networks. Now the feast is over. It's gone. They're going to write a big check and move on down the road. But I hope they learned a lesson. Be careful. Oh, I'm sure. Be very careful very with your sources. It's very it disappointing. Is. It is. Because, you know, I like a lot of the Fox stuff. I don't watch a lot of the shows. I really, I don't watch any of those networks. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch MS Trash BC. Um, I, no, I, I rarely. Can't, I can't watch any of those. I rarely watch them. I'll flip over if there's a big story. And I'll flip to who's doing it best. If you're not doing it best, I'm going to flip around. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see who's doing it best. And that's where I'll stick. Um and, and Fox does a pretty good job with a lot of that. CNN does a good job with some of those breaking news stories. It's when they start talking politics and all that that I'm like, oh, did you just really say that? And they got on the air. CNN got on the air last night. I mean, the news people were editorializing how this is a this is damning for Fox and how will the network ever return for that? I'm like, oh, please. <laughs> please stop yeah, it. Yeah. It was like a feeding frenzy. You know, the shark, the blood's in the water. Here come the sharks. And, you know, Fox is going to recover from this. They're going to have a built-in audience. They just will. Right. Um, whether you agree with them or not. But it's a monster settlement, dude. It's yeah. a monster settlement. Yeah, $787 million. That's, that's a, yeah. That's an admission of guilt. I mean, you can say it or not. I don't think they're going to have to go on the air and say, we're sorry. I don't think that's part of the deal. But that's a pretty big apology. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty big. Well, and deservedly so. Yeah. If, if, if you knowingly you know uh, yeah. uh disseminated false information then then you that that's not right right and you still have some that are saying you know the election was stolen and there's evidence that it's not it it was not and but there's people listening to me that are going to send us hate mail you'll not convince me of that <laughs> you'll be one of them <laughs> you'll not convince me of that watch out dominion's coming for you i just i'm not saying uh, that uh, i i I said Old Dominion at first as a joke. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I really... No, anyway. No, I'm not, I'm not getting into all that. I'm, it's not the hill I want to die on. Right. Yeah. Coming up at 710, Barry Milligan, he's a, a state senator, is talking... We, we spoke earlier this week about uh, China buying land around Barksdale. Hmm. China is buying land all over the United States. Yep. And uh, we'll talk about that coming up. 101.7 FM. Ba-da-da-da-da-da. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Do you say you have a crawfish? Yeah. Oh. I, I want to know. We're getting into real prime crawfish season. So I want to know who has your, your favorite crawfish. If you're going to go out and get crawfish and you can go anywhere in town, who has your favorite? And I think I've listed all the biggies. If I'm missing one, there's a write in place on the ballot. Keelnews.com. If, I mean, I've got a long list of them. I'm not going to name them all, but I want to know your favorite. And then we're going to tally the results maybe on Friday, and then we'll look at it next Friday. We'll see who's winning. Let me see who's winning right now. Let me do a vote, and I'll see who's winning it right now. Right now, Shavers is in the lead, followed by Chuck Wagon and Rubber Boot. Rubber Boot is third. You want to vote? Keelnews.com. Click on the little crawfish poll there. Also, it's got a neat little thing in it, too, that... What do you put in your pot? What do you you know what they put in South Louisiana? 
in some of their in bro, bro bridge, put a whole damn rabbit in the crawfish pot. Oh, ooh, they ooh, put, you know, ooh. you know who'd love these crawfish balls? Chief Smith. They put frog legs <laughs> in the crawfish pot. Yeah, they put some crazy frog, stuff down there. You gotta there. fry frog legs. I don't know you? it doesn't belong I mean, in a crawfish no, pot. I, no, I don't under. They put a uh, uh, squirrel. They put all uh, kind of crazy stuff in there. Just give me some potatoes, some sausage. I love and what he onion. said. I, I, I'm the same when I eat crawfish. Now he said when he eats frog legs, he doesn't he doesn't do anything else. It's just frog legs. And and I'm the same way. If I go get crawfish, I don't I don't get corn and potatoes. It yeah, uh, takes yeah. up takes up space, and mm-hmm. I, I want to focus on my crawfish. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's you know if you if you you know I like mushrooms. I like uh, artichokes in the in the pot. People like I like you know. There's a lot of things I like in the what pot. The hell's wrong with you? I like all kind of stuff. There's a there's Artichokes. a long list. Where yeah. are you from? <laughs> State Senator Barry Milligan joining us after the seven o'clock news, talking about foreign government investing in property right here in Louisiana. One hundred one seven FM seven ten. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Oh Ruben Aaron's are she's pibbing. Well I'm pibbing about that. I'm also pibbing about my social security visit. Um, there's a bunch of things. You sent a pig. We were, uh, Ruben and I were still here in the studio when you were at the Social Security office. Yeah, thanks for that sexy text, Ruben, by the way. I appreciate that. Wait a minute. I, what? You what? didn't see the sexy text oh, he sent did me? Did I see this? Well, it, was a, it wasn't a text. It was a comment on a, on a post, but yes. yes. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. see that then. <laughs> well, explain was, what you saw, and then I'll explain he, my sexy yeah, text. I was, monitor. I was, I was looking. I was sitting in the Social Security office waiting. I had to get a what, copy of my- sitting where? So, Social Security, Social Security <laughs> office, and uh, it was you know you walk in. There's a security guard there. There's a couple of security guards in there. It's okay. It's a pretty you know nice clean office. Were they Social Security guards? Social Security, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look and there's a big monitor, kind of you know the do's and don'ts, and you know. And then there's beside the monitor, there's the ticket toll, like what whose tickets are being called at what window and all that. And then I looked up at the monitor and I saw it at one point in Spanish. And then I, I was looking on my phone, diddling around, and then I look up, and it looks like a, I mean, a monster foreign language. I had no clue what it was. That was Russian. Well, I didn't know. I don't speak Russian. So well, I snapped a picture. I don't speak Russian either, but I recognize it when I that see My son it. said he, it's Russian, too. And so I sent it to you guys, and I thought, since when did we need to have Russian wow. in our Social Security office? And Ruben, and I put that on my Facebook, and Ruben sends me a, a real sexy picture of <laughs> Vladimir Putin winking at me. Yeah. <laughs> I, typed, I typed Russian into the GIF, the GIF search yeah. or whatever, and that was the first one that popped oh, up. Oh, so you're right. That's, that's what perfect. You got. Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> and I'm, Wait, and there's again. a GIF search? Oh, oh you yeah. Can, yeah you, for commenting, yeah. Yeah, you, there's you a can, little option yeah. that you can you can share a gif. Send all all kind of pictures. So I was a little bit and look, please don't send me hateration because I'm like we're a diverse country. We are Russian. 
We need we need our social security office to have the Russian language. Up. The yeah, in Russian. And then somebody said, "Well, we have we have Ukrainian refugees coming, and that's the language they speak." And I thought, "But how many?" I looked around the room. I I nary I see none of Russians. <laughs> there was nary nary a Russian in there. She would know because they would have those big fur big hats. hats on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, and they'd be drinking vodka. Red star. Yeah. <laughs> So please don't hate me. I understand we're diverse, and I don't have a problem with Spanish being up there. But I thought, wow, this is weird to look at our in our U.S. government federal office, and they're flashing Russian up on the screen. And I thought I saw was Chinese. Other, was the other monitor uh, monitoring Al Jazeera TV? Was oh, I didn't see that yet. CNN. But I'm going to tell you right here. The lady that helped me at the Social Security office was an angel. I was expecting horrible right, treatment. Right. You know, I was expecting. Blah, 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 blah. Oh my gosh! This woman was exceptional. Now she's only been there four months, <laughs> so it, it hasn't been burned out of her yet. Yeah, and she did need to get she did need to get help from one of her superiors, and that lady was a little bit uh, salty. But she, this new lady, was incredible and helped me. I was in and out of there in an hour. And I had a lot of stuff to do. I had a bunch of stuff planning my retirement and all that, you know. In I'm joking. Out. I'm joking. In he and didn't out. even hear that. In and, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm still going back to you were in and out in an hour. Yeah. That's not what I call in and out. Oh, I mean, I packed a sack lunch. <laughs> I was planning to be there a minute. Right. And I was like, poof, we're done. Hey, what did you say about retirement? Nothing. I didn't say a thing. No, I'm not. Planning. <laughs> I'm not planning to retire. Please do not spread that rumor. I'm going to stick here. Y'all going to have to carry me out of here on a on a, a, a cold, wet board. What do they carry you out on, Ruben? Gur gurney stretcher. Yeah, one something one like that. Uh, yeah. Cold, Claire, hard, yeah. cold, hard slab. There yep. you go. <laughs> and on that note. Oh, Lord. <laughs> State Senator Barry Milligan up at uh, 710 talking about foreign investment in our local land. Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM, 710keel.com. Starting things off looking pretty clear for your early morning drive to work to look out later on this morning for some traffic delays on Uri Drive near East Kings Highway. That's your traffic. I'm Reuben Wright. Storm chances begin to ramp up tomorrow. We'll look at sunshine here today at 86. A few clouds tonight, low 65. Cloudy scattered thunderstorms late in the day tomorrow with a high 85. Thunderstorms continue tomorrow night and more storms expected on Friday. Friday's high in the mid-70s, dry Saturday, mid-70s. Richard Duetta, get the Weather Channel. See, you're, you're, you're a better person than I am. I don't know how they, they the school you're, you're board a better had, person than they I almost am. met for five hours, Mikey. That's and you watched it. I watched a lot of it. I didn't watch all of it, but I but I fell asleep on it. But and that's so, what makes you the whatever. amazing goddess, whatever of local news. I just like to know what's happening, and I, and it kind you know it was funny because we mentioned it in our news yesterday, and we had Superintendent Gory on. And they mentioned us on the from the dais. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. A couple of times, like in your interview on Keel today, and and then the superintendent even you know now on Keel I explain you know how many are certified <laughs> teachers, and 
you know, it was like nobody had really paid attention to the story until we were jumping on it yesterday early. And then everybody showed up to the meeting. There were tons of people from Stoner Hill, but those folks had to wait for almost five hours for their decision. And I what, thought, What in the world? I mean, not, look, not that that's not... I think education is one of the most vital, critical issues mm-hmm. that we need to address. Yes. And so, you know, God love them for, mm-hmm. for you know, focusing and working. Absolutely. And they do... And, you know, I understand the beginning of the meetings, they do these rec- rec- recognitions of, like, kids who've done great. And, you know, if this band went and won a superior in, in New Orleans... They bring them all in and they march them. And that's a great thing. And the mom and dad show up and they take pictures. But that takes a lot of time to go through all that. And then the board has to get down to the business. I, my name was never brought up in those meetings no. when I was in school. I don't know I'm why. Sure, no. Yeah. Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But but then they have then they have public speakers. And everybody can get up for three minutes and just spout, you know, whatever. And last night it was a lot about Stoner Hill closing. And, yeah, if you're just waking up. They voted six to five at about 10 o'clock last night, six to five to close Stoner Hill. Um, Jasmine Green was not present at the meeting. Um, if she had had been there and had voted no, it would have failed. So I don't know if she was ill or she had a prior engagement, perhaps. I'm not sure. Someone can text me and let me know. But I don't know how she would have voted. I'm not sure. But she was not there when they took that vote. Maybe had to leave early. I don't know if she was there early in the meeting. Uh, folks that do, and, and our friend John Glover, God bless her, mm-hmm. she was there the whole time. She sat through the whole thing and uh, endured it all. But six to five, and the thing is, they made it real clear there are 16 other schools that have 60% enrollment or less. And so there are other schools on the chopping block in our parish, and we're just beginning to hear about it. And they're just now going to start a plan to start more consolidations. So this is the beginning for this year, and they'll be talking about more. But it's like Dr. Gorey said yesterday on this show. They've only got, what, 160 students. Right. Only one certified teacher. Mm-hmm. They have, and, and, they have, yeah, they, the, the problem is, and I did, we didn't drill down enough with him, they have special ed there that's very, very um, specific teachers with certain kids, and, and those parents came. I mean, Mike, they were crying. Mm-hmm. They're up there crying. My student has come alive since going to this school. Could they turn and, that campus into a specific special ed type campus i you know i i doubt it they they, it would take a lot of money it would have full have to have full staff but they did promise to move the current teacher say you're a special ed teacher they would you move you mike with student reuben wherever student Mm -hmm. reuben is going you're going there because that's the kids you had so they promised that we'll have to make sure but there is a lot of concern about changing the environment for these kids Mm -hmm. who are just now blossoming and they're coming out of their shells and they're starting to learn um, parents were really upset about it. I drove by Stoner Hill this morning. I know we got a break. And it's a campus that, I mean, it is not secure. I mean, there's it's going to have to be, you know, for to make it a school and to get it up to a code, you're going to have to do a lot of work. So I don't know what they use it for. We don't know that yet. Yeah. Uncertain. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Milligan joining a state senator after the local news. Mike and McCarty, 1017 F.
1017 FM 710 Keel. Mike M. McCarty, middle of a week, and we've got uh, Barry Milligan, state senator, scheduled. Ruben's still trying to get him on the phone. Mm-hmm. Senator, if you're you. listening. Yeah, so, there we yeah. go. He got him. Very mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah, so we can get him. Barry Milligan, you on the phone there with us this morning? Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for joining us. You've got a, uh, a bill that, uh, tell us about this prohibiting foreign governments from investing in land within 50 miles is that right of a military installation that's correct that's correct the, the i have carried the past couple of years bills to protect critical infrastructure uh bills to protect our higher ed research from theft from from rogue foreign actors and this is just another bill to kind of push us forward uh two years ago i began working with the fbi uh, frightening enough, they came to, to us, and, and I chair Homeland Security for the Senate, and they came to us and said, hey, we, we've got to protect ourselves, uh, and and honestly, if the federal government's not going to do it, then the state government needs to. And so I started working with them, and this is just another step forward. There, there's been some concern this week that uh, Chinese interests have purchased uh, Old Oaks and Stonebridge, and they had a Chinese minister in, I believe, last night for like a meet and greet. And and I got a lot of texts and messages this week that the the Chinese interests have been buying land around Barksdale. Um, mm-hmm. Have you heard about that? What do you? What can you tell us? What do you know? You know, I I heard that that was in the works. I didn't get any details. I I I haven't run this bill because of that. It's just that's what's happened and and i guess you know old oaks and, and stonebridge being bought um so close to, to to barksdale obviously north and south um that's scary right and mm-hmm. and and we have land across this country close to military installations uh that are being bought for for that for that purpose and it, it all it all looks to be on the up and up, but what we're finding is it's not. They have the ability to, to monitor activities and, and radio traffic and communications uh, and, and watch so close to, to the base. And, again, it's just it's a problem that we're, we're having, and, and there needs to be more done. Um, you know, we're looking at, at, you know, farmland, for instance. It's being, it's being swallowed up. We, we're, we're looking at, obviously, land close to military bases. Um, we're looking at uh, group infrastructure such as communication towers uh, that are being purchased, um, and so we're. And this is this isn't me making that up. This is actually the FBI coming, sitting down with me, um, and it really it's a first step. One of the things when I mentioned the FBI about wanting to do this to help, they said, "Well, we've got to be able to protect going forward, but at some point we have to look backwards." It's it's one thing to know. Uh, going forward, who is buying us? It's another to to know who owns us. Um, and they pointed out a, a large chemical facility that we have down here uh, near Baton Rouge. That um, you know, everybody says, "Oh, it's owned by an Australian company." But the problem is when you look who owns the Australian company, it's 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 rogue China. Mm. Um, and so, and and yet, you know, we we. We're all about economic development, right? And so we we want you know we want that investment into to our our jobs and 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 future here. And then we we sit and think, okay, this is great. And then we look up and find out that it's a it's a 
rogue country that's actually buying us one piece at a time. Um, and so that's the purpose of this bill. It's, it's precautionary. Uh, I looked around uh, the country, and I think 16 other states are, are running legislation similar to this, uh, including California, which which is kind of crazy to me. I guess I wouldn't expect that, but <laughs> we, we're trying to we're trying to jump out ahead of it and and just take every precaution we can. I, I saw a recent story about China buying up land across the the entire country uh, that showed a map of a percentage of, of you know, the, of each particular state that they've bought in, Louisiana being one of them. But, I mean, it goes across the southern portion all the way to California. And one of the things that they were saying was China cannot feed itself, and so they're buying farmland, you know, for mm-hmm. food security, but but it go, I think it goes deeper, and, I, and Barry, I think you feel the same way. It goes deeper than that, and this is a national security issue that we need to address. It, very much so. Look, if 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 someone controls your food production, right? If someone controls your food production, they control you. And and so and the crazy thing with that is that you know I I can put a bill in that says. Um, Hey, we, we want to know that any acreage uh, that, that changes hands in the state that is, um, you know, 50 acres or more, we want to know who's who's buying it. That's fine. They'll just come by 49, right? They'll just mm-hmm. they'll just come by small. And so mm-hmm. it's a difficult maneuver. I was I was working on a bill last year that that you know we're protecting uh, ourselves from contracts with these foreign. Uh, the, these rogue foreign nations, their foreign adversaries, you know, we were working on that. And I was working on a bill that basically said we want to know who owns us and we want to work backwards. And and it's just, it's crazy to me that, that people came out of the woodwork and said, well, we, we understand what you're doing, but, but you don't have to worry about us. You don't have to worry about our farmland. You don't have to worry about our chemical plants. Barry, well, yeah, you do. Let me ask you a question. What you know, you have to be careful here because, uh, let's say I'm a Chinese American and I want to buy land. Um, That's I, correct. I want to buy Stonebridge. I want to buy Old Oaks. Just because my name is Chinese, what's the fine line you're going to have to walk to to make sure these are individuals who just trying to do business and this isn't they are working for the Chinese government? How do you determine that? No, and that's the hard part. The hard part is you 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 want to sit there and say, "Hey, we're a free 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 nation, a free a free state. We have citizens here that that want to um, you know make an investment into a a golf course." Um, it's really about just finding out, or you know, are they buying it for themselves, or they're buying it for other use, are they buying it for other people, um, are they buying it for? Uh, uh, you know the, the country back home, and it's about the due diligence, um, and and that's the complicated part. And of course, you know, I, I'm not I'm not after attacking anybody. I'm just trying to put find a, a mechanism to say, hey, we we've got to slow this down. And and obviously, um, uh, you know, the the best defense is a strong offense. Um, and so we we've got to figure all that out. And working with Attorney General's office and, and just trying to make sure that we. We do protect ourselves, but yet at the same time, you know, we, 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 we want the investment into our, our state. We just have to be careful where. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a challenge. It really is. And, and, you know, three years ago when we talked about this, it was not necessary. And, and oh, you don't, we don't need that. We don't, that's not really a problem. And yet we found out three years later, here we are, and it is a problem. 
And, and look, China has China. A, a foreign actor like China has made no bones about it. I mean, we we, oh, yeah. we you know we're. We're well, with the current war, administration, they don't have war. to hide anything. They've got full support from our federal to. government. They do not have to. China, China's made no bones about it. They, they published the plan. Uh, I think it was called the Ten Thousand Talents, and mm-hmm. in that plan, they said they were going to dismantle us one piece at a time by by basically buying what they could buy and stealing what they could steal. Talking and, with uh, State they, Senator Barry Milligan. Hold on. Can you hold on for another segment for us? We want to talk about your sure. School Safety Act uh, coming sure. up next. Mike and McCarty, 101. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, State Senator Barry Milligan joining us. Let's talk about your school bill that you're proposing. Tell us what it does, what's the plan? Oh, that's SB two oh seven. It it creates the the it's called the School Safety Act of, of twenty twenty three and it creates the Center for Safe Schools uh, under GOSEP, under the purview of Governor's Office of Homeland Security Emergency Preparedness. So last year, I created the Commission for School and Nonprofit Safety because I felt like talking to different school systems around the state, I felt like um, there was no real coordination at the state level. Everybody knew that the goal of protecting the, the students and faculty administration of the schools, um, they didn't know where to go to. They didn't know where, where funding sources were. How do you get assessments done of schools? Um, you know, if, if you do understand that there's a federal grant or a state grant out there for hardening of school, how do you apply with the deadline? It was just there was no coordination. And so I created that commission. Well, then as we, we, we moved into this year, obviously it seems we've had 46, 47 uh, school attacks around this, around this country. Um, you know, we're not getting better. We're getting worse. I, I wanted to make sure we harden that commission. I didn't want it to go away. Uh, from one term to the next or, or one, one governor to the next. And so I brought this bill, and what it does is it, it makes that commission permanent. It's under the purview of, of GOSEP. Um, it's designed to be able to pull together federal funding, state funding sources uh, for, for the hardening of schools, for, for things like school resource officers, et cetera. We recognize the fact that a, you know a, an urban school system uh, may have money. They may have the ability. They may have, you know, dedicated staff to, you know, that works on school safety. But, you know, a, a rural school system may not. And so this kind of evens the playing field. Um, and here's the scary thing, um, y'all, is the fact that I work with um, Youth Legislative Advisory Council, which is uh, which is 35 high school students from around the state who come together to study government, and they every year they they work really hard. And they typically come to us before session, you know, January, February, and they said, hey, we, we've got some legislation that, that we would like to propose, and you sponsor it, and you and them walk all the way through the, 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 the procedure and, and pass their bill. And that's how they study hands-on, you know, how, how the legislature works. Well, they came and said, you know what, we want to know that our school systems are safe, that we're doing everything possible that we have school safety drills as far as active shooter and not the kind where, okay, you know, guys and girls on Tuesday at eight o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to practice this. So, so Johnny, it's time, go lock the door. They, the students themselves said, we want to know what to do if we're changing classes. 
where do we go? How do we, how do we, you know, how do we help ourselves? How do we protect ourselves? What's the communications like? Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to know that they have tourniquet kits on hand at the schools, that they're people that are trained to do it. Like, it is so sad to me that the students who, who these are high school kids, they ought to be worried about prom and graduation and sure. homecoming and all these things. And they're coming to us saying, we, we, we want to know what to do. We what, does your bill ma- what does your bill mandate local schools do? So what it's going to do is it's going to make sure that in all of our school systems, starting with the students that are asking, it's going to make sure that there are mandatory drills, not just at 8 o'clock in the morning when all the kids are sitting in the classrooms. They're going to, they're going to have a plan. They're going to know what the plan is. They're going to practice these drills during all different types of hours of the day, all different activities, coming to school, leaving school. They're, they're going to make sure that there are tourniquet kits on site, that people are trained how to how to use them. You're going to send money uh, for gonna, that? You're, well, there's a the big issue about unfunded mandates. Is this going to come with some oh, funding? Yeah. You know what? We're going to have the funding for it. And here's the craziest thing. Here's the craziest thing. You know, when Ski, when our when our representative uh, Steve Scalise was was shot on the on the on the softball field years ago, mm-hmm. um, it was a tourniquet that saved his life. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks these tourniquet kits are expensive. A tourniquet kit is nothing more than a, a, a t-shirt ripped and a, a, a into into bands and a ruler to twist the, the, the T-shirt to cut off blood flow. It doesn't have to be, you know, some, you know, $30 kit, $50 kit, $80 kit. Um, it doesn't have to be that. And, and the other thing is what, what, what people don't realize is that, you know, school systems at the beginning of every year are, are supposed to have a, a back-to-school safety refresher, first-aid refresher, and, and, it, it's, and it's in law, but it doesn't happen. And, and look, my, my wife's a teacher. My daughter's teacher come from a long line. You're so worried about getting back to the classroom, getting your classroom ready, which I get. You're, you're, you're having in-services. You're talking about new policies. You're doing all those regular bicycle stuff. There is a first aid video from American Cross that is five minutes, mm-hmm. and it talks about how to make a tourniquet kit. You don't have to have these expensive kits. Um, in 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 every classroom, yeah. but if we're going to look at doing it, if we need to provide funding, then we'll we'll find funding. Well, this is a very easy, cheap, uh, affordable way to protect ourselves. And these the kids are asking for that, so I'm bringing them to the table. And if somebody wants to tell me sure. we don't need it, I want them to look those kids in the eye and say, "Yeah, we do." Up against the clock here, Senator Barry Milligan. Thanks for your time. Thank you all. I appreciate y'all. You bet. Yes, sir. Thank you. Scottish Tartan Festival this weekend in Minden, Louisiana. We've got folks coming in talking about their new location, Mike and McCarty. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with uh, Sheila Ho and Stephen Webb with the Scottish Tartan Festival. You guys have been doing this for years. Good morning, first of all. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Thank you for coming in and bringing treats and dressing up. Y'all look amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And now tell us a little bit about the history. How did the festival get started? When did it start? Well, the festival actually was a little barbecue for the members, just a little picnic that started back around um, 1999 or 2000. And they liked it so much, um, they said, let's do this every year around Tartan Day, which is April 6th. That's a um, national holiday for uh, Scottish independence. And 
it just kind of grew from that. Um, you know, the, the farm out in Minden, Scotland Farms, was owned by one of our founding members, Dr. Alan Cameron. And so that's how it came to be at the farm. And it just grew a little bit every year. And by about 2011, we were pretty much a full-blown festival, um, hiring bands to come in and hiring dancers. And we just took yeah, off. Vendors come in and vendors, sell. Absolutely. Oh, that, 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 uh, um, I went blank. The cookie, the bread, the uh, shortbread. shortbread. Oh, okay. And you're going to have the food. I hurt myself the, on that. The, 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 describe some of the foods people are going to see there that you, you don't find everywhere, right? We're going to have a, a, a wide variety. Of course, we're going to have your typical hamburgers and fair, fair cuisine. But we specialize or we're trying to specialize more in Scottish. Uh, the sticky pudding like we have right here, the uh, haggis balls. We're going to have a haggis eating contest. Great What's rap. haggis? <laughs> You're scaring me. <laughs> you got to okay. try it. Don't haggis. tell her what it is. Just we let her tell try you exactly it first. what all is okay. in it. We kind of equal it to Just Scottish, say bacon. Scottish meatloaf. It's like boudin. Oh, it's like boudin. Yeah, you like boudin. Okay. There you go. All right. You like boudin. Now, uh, of the people that you are wearing a skirt, it's not a skirt, right? It's a kilt. It depends on who you're talking to. Okay. <laughs> Talking to her or me? Yeah. <laughs> you. Uh, that's a kilt. Okay, kilt. Uh, of the folks that come to this festival, how many are dressing up? If you are walking around in a pair of pants and you're a man, you're going to be an oddball. Really? Yes, And we ma'am. have kilt vendors I'm, I'm there, an oddball. So you can be fitted within okay. 10 minutes of walking in the festival. Okay. See, I'd love, to, I'd love to get a kilt. But Would I'm, you? I'm not, yeah, absolutely. But I'm not doing it. You know, when, when he's got a 20-inch waist, I don't have okay. a 20-inch waist. <laughs> well, I'm looking. Can, y'all don't, you don't listen, Ruben. You don't listen. Okay. What's under your kilt? Socks and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm just curious. Is it like boxer briefs or swim trunks? or? It's all that. What do you wear on your kilt is just a big... <laughs> urban it's myth really yeah, it's, it's a secret, secret. it's a secret can't. it depends on if your mom is showing up for the event folks who have never been what are they going to expect i mean this is the it's music and the it music and it's just a it's an event We'd that fe- people need to try right and this year we're having our very first amateur highland games we're having a, a company out of georgia called uh backyard rebellion a fellow by the name of danny webster is coming to help us put on our very first amateur competition and we're going to have guys that have never thrown a caber or do a shot put we're going to get them out there and the caber toss oh yes, my gosh that's the, the telephone pole thing wow. you throw up there and you try I should to... have remembered the rocks <laughs> <laughs> so when where um i mean yeah you got a new location this year yeah we do our new location is uh at miller quarters it's a park in downtown minden the address is 198 gleason street it's right behind the Civic Center and the police station. Um, so we're gonna ha- it's going to be a little bit different setup, of course. We're not going to be at the farm. We're not going to have all the Highland coos. However, we will have two there in a pen for people to come and see. What's a coo? So, That's those cows. The Scottish okay. Highland cattle. They're okay. so and cool the, looking. The word for cow is coo. Coo, uh-huh. okay. And what time does it kick off? 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, all day Saturday. All Live day music, Saturday. Scottish bands. Oh, my God. Fenders. We have Celtic rock. We have traditional Scottish and Irish music. We have Highland dancers. We have Irish dancers. And a shuttle. And we have a shuttle picking people up. If you can't find a parking space or you can't walk that far, we have a shuttle run, two shuttles running all day. Okay. One's uh, 
they'll be located at the streets 159 and Shepherd. It's across from Smoke and Jay's Barbecue behind mm-hmm. the water plant. There'll be okay. signage when you come into oh, Midland. There will be. Yeah. So you can, you you can catch go. a shuttle if you can't park close. I, I can't wait. Looking forward oh, to it. Oh, bring a chair. Yes. Bring a chair. We mm-hmm. have seating, but it's limited. Yeah. Yes. Sounds right. like a blast. Guys, thank we you so much. Oh, I'm excited. You. Y'all come One come of my see favorite us. events I'll, I do I, every you year. You better come find us. We're yeah. Gonna, give me one of them bacon balls here. We're going to right? try these, <laughs> these haggis, haggis balls. <laughs> if it's not Scottish, it's crap. Okay. Mike and McCarty. What a one. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. You asked me if I went south on forty nine or coming back up from forty nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I rarely go that way. I went to Mansfield the other day. I had some business to take care of, and uh, thanks, Jeremy, my pal, helped me out oh, but, uh, right. at the Desoto Clerk of Court's office. But I was coming back, and I saw as you enter Caddo Parish, right there north of Stonewall, I guess. There's a big sign on the right. I mean, beautiful brick sign, and it says, Welcome to Caddo Parish. I got to thinking, I have never on a highway in Louisiana seen another parish say, Welcome to our parish. Welcome to DeSoto Parish. I've seen it, Welcome to New Orleans, Welcome to Baton Rouge, Welcome to... Ville Platte. Right. Welcome to Shreveport, Bossier City. There's a beautiful sign on I-20 as you come uh, in. And it would have been airport. nice if that said, welcome to Shreveport. But I, I guess it was funded by the Caddo Parish Commission, and they wanted it to say Caddo Parish. But I'm, I got to, and I want to know how much they spent on it. So I'm going to ask today, if you know a Caddo commissioner, please uh, shoot me a text. Let me know. One of the commissioners listening, shoot me a text. Let me know how much we paid for the sign. And why didn't we put Shreveport on it? We don't like Shreveport. We it's, we wanted to mark the parish. For, if it was paid for by the commission, yeah, but but you're entering Shreveport. Motorists <laughs> know we're entering I'm Shreveport. The only signage you ever see about a parish is the little green sign, and it right. doesn't yeah. even say now entering. It just says Lincoln Parish on right. it. Right? You know, that's nobody has a concrete sign for their parish. Am I being crazy? Or I've never seen a sign saying "Welcome to such and such parish." And it, I, there, it would have there, been beautiful if it was Are there lights said, around it, and are the lights out? Uh, well, I was daytime, so no, oh boy, I'd be <laughs> blasting them if the lights were out. But I'm curious what we spent on a sign to say, Welcome to Caddo Parish. And if you're driving up I-49 in Stonewall, send me a picture of it, if you don't mind. I forgot to take a picture. It was I zoomed by it too fast, and I didn't get a picture. But I'm wondering how much we spent on that. And what was the discussion, and why didn't it say Shreveport? That's the seat of your parish. That's the you know. That's where the hub of the the community is. It used to be the state capital at one point. But it's your money, so you're going to promote your parish. I mean, that's kind of silly. It's silly, and it looks silly, and it stands out like a sore thumb. I'm just curious what we pay. If they tell me we paid six figures for it, I'm gonna be pissed. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. I know. Have a have a Scottish ball. One oh one seven FM.
I'm not ready, Reuben. Oh, man. <laughs> you have bacon. You. Bacon in your mouth. I don't know if it's bacon. <laughs> I'd have to pretend it was bacon. It smells like haggis to me. It's good. Uh, what, you eat haggis all the time at the house? <laughs> sure, yeah, you don't. Go, Lauren. He's <laughs> cooking haggis today. Oh, boy. All I can think of is I married an axe murderer. That's <laughs> all so I can think of when I hear haggis. Oh, man. Oh, I think man. most Scottish food is based on a dare. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> joining us this morning. But these um, are good, by the way. Yes. I'm, it, they smell delish. I'll have to try one in a minute, but I'd get my mouth all clogged up. Um, Caddo School Board, about a five-hour meeting last night. Started at 5.30. I think it was a wrap, 10-ish, something like that, close to 10. And it was uh, lots of parents showed up. Because the big vote was to close Stoner Hill Elementary School. Um, And the vote was six to five to close the school. Big issue at Stoner Hill is that there are a lot of special ed students. And they're very concerned that moving those kids after they've made some advancements this year will really set them back. The Mm -hmm. parents came one after another after another came forward and had a lot of concerns about what's happening at the school. The enrollment at the school is down to 166, and they had to do something because they have only one teacher per grade. So there's only well, one and class there's only per one grade. Class, yeah, right. one class per grade. And and so it, the the enrollment's been dwindling, and it's not been. I found it interesting watching the meeting. Um, they brought up the fact that the, uh, Keith Burton, who's the assistant superintendent, he said, you know, they've not lost kids to the magnet schools like you would think. They did the research, and they said over the past three years, I believe he said, we've only lost 12 students to the magnet school. So it's not like people are fleeing that neighborhood school for a better school. It's, it's simply because the populations are declining. And if you, do the, if you do the math, the baby boomers of our age mm-hmm. and the generation below us, they're having fewer children. And so as, you ha- as we have fewer children... The enrollment numbers are going to decline. Well, I would think the baby boomers are having fewer children well, we're in not, 2023. Well, we're not anymore, but <laughs> our kids are not having families like my. I'm one of six children. They're not having those big families like mm-hmm. our parents used to have, and they're having one or two kids. So the enrollment number. What I what I don't like about all this is that, and and this didn't didn't come up yesterday, but it comes up for me all the time. As your enrollment declines. You would think your budget would decline and you wouldn't spend as much of my tax money because you don't have as many kids. And that just doesn't happen with government. And I haven't jumped on the school budget lately, but I will be doing that because I'm going to do some uh, some checking. Because if we continue to lose students, we should be spending fewer dollars. Wouldn't that sound logical or am I wrong? Mm, uh, sounds logical to me. But it doesn't work that way with government. <laughs> Well, you're trying to insert logic into government. Yeah, and our other problem is we have 16 other schools with big-time declining enrollments, and they got to figure out a plan for them, too. Mm. We are going to figure out Taco Wars. Gregory Kellenberg coming in. Yeah. You think he's bringing tacos, too? Man, <laughs> Boy, a what feast. a treat. Yeah. yeah. We need to have Southern Maid Wars, too. <laughs> 7 FM, 710 Keo Mike.
1017 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty. Um, Mike is running to the door to get our next guest. Who I've never I'm seen so, him run that fast. That I'm, was amazing. I know. Almost. <laughs> he's almost kilt worthy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would love to see him in a kilt. He'd have been a lot faster in a kilt yeah. for sure. Oh, my gosh. God, everybody's yeah, bringing us food today. Look at this. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> wow. You brought tacos? What? Did you bring the Taco World oh, Champion? Beautiful. Gregory Kallenberg is wandering in the studio. Oh, my God. Hi, sweetness. World, oh, my God. <laughs> world-class tacos. Look, at, we right. have the greatest taco job Wars in the world. Taco Wars Champion 2022 El Navio Tacos for you guys. You oh, can. man. Now, they're not from 2022, are they? Uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been saving them. I think that aged tacos They've been in the fridge, right? the best. <laughs> 100%. We're trying, we're trying to get rid of our stores because we have a whole new Taco Wars going on oh. uh, April 29th. April 29th, mm-hmm. uh, and the Taco Wars takes place around Municipal Auditorium. It's outdoors at Municipal Auditorium, and it is a, a sight to see. It's, I can't wait. Oh, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it is, you know, when you think about it, it's one of those things that truly brings a community together. I mean, you know, we're talking tacos, right? Tacos yes. and tequila and margaritas and Coca-Cola products and Maestro de Bell and all the things that go along with it. Um, and it's, you know, I think what's incredible about it is that these taquerias aren't necessarily taquerias that you heard of, mm-hmm. right? You How know? many of them are going to be there? I looked there? at the list. I was surprised. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to note that last year we had 10 and we were overwhelmed with people. We were expecting 5,000. We had 8,000 people show up last year. I know. It's a, it's a fun story to tell right now. Um, but, it wasn't uh, fun at the time. At the time, yes. Gregory schlepping, you know, oh. uh, margaritas and tacos on his shoulders, you know, through massive crowds. Man. You know, it was a sight to see also. But the um, but this year we're expanding. We're going to 16 taquerias. Um, we're going to two Casa de Tequilas. Um, we have more bands. Um, we have more activities, family activities. Um, and the great thing is, is it's all free. It's all free to the public. Um, well, how do you pay for your tacos? Is it per booth or do you buy a one it's per, a great b- question. B- band or so, something? So, so to back up, it's April 29th from mm-hmm. 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. As you've said, Mike, it is uh, down at the municipal outside. Um, it's free to attend. There's also a free salsa tasting. The public actually chooses the best salsa winner. So Ooh. you get to go and try all the salsas for free. But um, you purchase tickets $1 at a time. So you can okay. purchase as many tickets as you want. They're $1 each. And then you buy your ta- uh, taco tickets. The taquerias set their prices. And okay. it's important to note that we give back 90 cents of every dollar back to the local taquerias. Um, last year, we gave the taquerias... Um, back $63,000. So, you know, these are wow. people who they don't, they don't see a lot of money. No. You know, there are 40, 50 people in their place a day. And to see that many people and to be able to hand those checks back to these small business people m- means a lot. It's important to bring a chair down there because it's going to be a crowd again, I'm sure. Um, it is going to be, there's going to be a crowd. I mean, not, I mean, send good weather vibes, but, um, but yeah, bring a chair. Mm-hmm. You know, we always have one for you, Aaron. Okay. Um, it's more of a throne. For you, for you, Mike, it's more of a, more of a metal folding chair. I'm not chair. going yeah. in. Uh, wait a minute. I'm not going in a porta potty, okay? That's what you call my throne. I well, know. I guess, I guess you have to determine what the semantics are here on Keel, you know? 
it's yeah. like if a, if a throne is a porta potty, right. this is a different kind of throne. So you uh. had 8,000 people attend. Like, What are you expecting for this year? Well, like I said, I mean, I am never one to prognosticate, again, you know, the uh, the growth of uh, 60% more taquerias and, and growing our footprint. We're hoping we get that same crowd and we get that same energy and people don't have to stand in line. You know, there'll be lots of taquerias to go to and, and my, you know, I would love to get the same crowd. I, I think that what was amazing about that crowd, and it really, it really has to do with all the events we try to do at the Prize Foundation. It, it was all of us, mm-hmm. right? It was a super diverse crowd of everyone celebrating one of the greatest, most delectable, most joyous cultures, the Hispanic culture. And, um, you know, we're so proud to be able to put that on a pestle and shine a light on it. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's taco wars, and it's become a thing, and we're very proud of it. I okay. have a haggis ball, by the yeah. way. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw the haggis balls. I'm going to leave the tacos right now. I, mean, I, yeah. I, would, like, I would like a time lapse, if right. I could. A time lapse of the haggis balls versus the tacos to see which ones. Can I get in your brain a minute? Yes. Okay, it's going to be a, a, a tough. Hang on just yes. a minute. This is kind of scary. Yeah. You, Prize Fest is crazy. It's crazy huge now. Mm-hmm. You Taco Wars is a part of it. Is there something you're brewing in that little mind of yours right now for a new one? I, I think if I publicly reported that, Aaron, I'd go back to an office that would be empty. I think everyone <laughs> would be there. I've been, I've been, I've been forced to um, to to, uh, to to stop on the on the prize stuff. But I will tell you that you know, I mean, to me, it's like when you have a community like ours that likes to show up stay late and be loud, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you not put more stuff into this community for them to enjoy and celebrate themselves? See, these right? are quality of life events yes. Shreveport offers. So let's talk about about what, you, what you've done, Gregory. Uh, Gregory Kallenberg in studio with us with Prize Fest. It started with Louisiana Film Prize. It did. The, the largest film prize prize in the country. The largest cash prize in the world. In the world. That for, for a short, short film given right here in, in Shreveport, Louisiana. So from, from Louisiana Film Prize, which is still going strong, mm-hmm. uh, what was next? You, you uh, added? We went from there to Music Prize, mm-hmm. and then we went from there to uh, Film Prize Junior and Startup Prize. And as the um, joke in my office goes, is it took me four years to figure out that Louisiana and food go together. Oh, yeah. So after about in year five of that, mm-hmm. we started the Louisiana Food Prize. Okay. And now we have the Fashion Prize. Fashion, yes. We have the Comedy Prize. <gasps> um, we now have Film Prize Junior in New Mexico. Um, and um, and we have Taco Wars. And it's just, again, it's such a, it's an, it's such an honor to be able to be in this community and for us to be able to do th- the things we do. I mean, I, I will tell you that, that, no one in my office is driving gold-plated Teslas, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, right. Um, we all work incredibly hard, and there's such an incredible spirit. And I think it feeds off of Shreveport, Bossier, and this region that really does embrace who we are and what we do. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and also, I will say this. I think it's a reflection of how cool this town really is once it gets out of its own way and stops yeah, sort of like, exactly. you know, um, downgrading itself. Wallowing. Right. In, yes. yes. Right. Exactly. Thank you. And mm-hmm. I think to, you know, to be able to shine a light and for people to to come to that tent and, and dance around the fire with us is, is mm-hmm. what's important. Next weekend, it's it's Saturday the 29th. 
right in front of municipal april 29th mm-hmm. uh 12 p.m to 8 p.m again the event is free the salsa tasting is free bring the whole family family activities are free so Very bring the cool. kids we're gonna be doing uh, uh 318 latino and vita reiner are gonna be running the activities for the kids maestro de bell will be pouring um uh tequila shots and margaritas Modelo beer ah. um will be for sale um as um will you know the 16 tacos 16 taquerias and mm. we challenge everyone in shreveport and Bossier just come and eat all the tacos uh-huh. come and eat all the tacos okay next spring or next fall spaghetti wars go tell your people <laughs> oh wow oh my god the wheels are turning <laughs> the Muff- wheels are turning now muffaletta wars oh, oh. oh. gregory thank you <laughs> And, and we, I have so much respect for what you oh, do, I'm what you. you've brought to our our community. My wife, we, we were talking the other day. Amazing. Just just have so much respect for what you do. And I, I got to tell you, that means a lot. And you guys are amazing. And I appreciate you so much. Love you dearly. Thank you for coming in. Yep, yep. Hey, enjoy the El Navio Tacos and then come down Taco Wars and see who wins Taco Wars 2023. Woo-hoo. April 29th in front of Port's Municipal Auditorium. Mike and McCarty. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Some sad news to report today. Yeah. Um Shreveport Fire retired fire captain Keith Nail, who you might remember was a, a contestant on Survivor, the CBS reality show. I've never seen an episode really? of Survivor. Not I I'm addicted. One. I'm addicted. And he went on the show one of he was on twice, but one time he was on with his son Wesley. And they were on together. It was a blood versus water, you know, uh, episodes of the season that they did that year. So you brought a loved one with you to do it. Um, Keith was funny. Um, he was he was Southern. He was a, you know, salt of the earth guy. And I knew his son, Wesley, better than, than, than I knew him. I actually had a trip to Destin with some friends and he was there. He had a, a a friend who was the son of one of my friends. Anyway, so I spent a little time with him. He was funny, just like his dad. Um, but he passed away this week. He was sixty-two. Um, he's being remembered from you know, People magazine's got a post on him. Uh, the New York Post, Fox News, they're all remembering uh, Keith Nail today. Um, his brother Kevin told Fox that this happened so quickly. Uh, Cancer ate him up. He passed away at his home. I'm quoting, passed away at his home in Shreveport. Um, he was just just an amazing, fun, fun, fun guy. Fire captain, he was also a paramedic in Shreveport. So he will definitely be missed by all his family, loved ones, his fire department family. If you knew Keith, you knew a, a really fun guy. He was just He was just great to know and great to watch. And we talked to him a couple of times. Um, you know, after he was, he became famous when he, of course, won the battle to get on Survivor. So, may he rest that's, in peace. Yeah, prayers for his family. Firefighters, that's a, that's a huge issue. Uh, are dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. That's like the largest cause of death of firefighters. Yes, work related deaths mm-hmm. is is cancer related deaths across the country. Right, exactly. And you know, his Survivor co stars are also you know tweeting. Um, he brought humor into moments where it was needed most. I'm grateful I had the opportunity to meet him 
and share memories together on the beaches of Nicaragua and Cambodia. My heart, this is from Kelly Wentworth, my heart is with the entire Nail family. This is a devastating loss. He'll be missed. He was a funny guy. Guy was funny. Loved watching. It's really cool to see someone from your local community on mm-hmm. one of your favorite TV sure, shows, yeah, you know, that sure. you watch all the time. So, um, again, thinking and praying for the, the Nail family today with the loss of Keith at age 62, dying from cancer. Sad, sad, sad news. 101.7 FM. Gregory, Gregory. Somebody hurt Gregory. Gregory Callenberg. Gregory Callenberg somebody Callenberg needs to hurt him. was in studio. If you oh, missed it last uh, last segment, oh. Taco Wars. He brought a a plate of I don't know a platter. What would you call that? A, a big old tray of a tacos. Tray. Yeah. Oh man, award winning tacos from last year. Yeah, yeah. From the vendor from last year. Let oh, me say it the, that way. The winner. Yeah. That's incredible. We, by the way, uh, keelnews.com, also on the food t- topic, I was looking around to see, I'm, I really want to get crawfish in the next couple of days, mm-hmm. but I want to know who's got the best in town. Whose crawfish is drop dead the best crawfish in town? And I don't want them extra spicy. I can't handle that. I just want really good crawfish. Chinese buffet. That's no, the- <laughs> no, stop it. And so there's a there's a poll online. Who has the best tasting crawfish in the Shreveport area? Keelnews.com. Right now, Rubba Boot is winning. Um, they just have a slim lead over Shavers and Larry Pease is in third. If you want to vote, you want to chime in, Keelnews.com. Go vote. Let me know who has the best crawfish. Crawfish, Because Friday, I'm going to go to whoever the winner is and get me some crawfish. Because I want some good ones. Counter Parish School Board member Barry Rochelle going to join us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline coming up just after the break. One of- One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, uh Kettle Parish School Board member Barry Rochelle joining us. Good morning, Barry. Good morning. How are you guys? Hey, and you're you're uh, alert and awake after a long oh night last God. night. You guys went till about ten o'clock last night. You were one of the yes. votes to close Stoner Hill Elementary. One of the yes. one of the members made a comment that said that she she was like if if the community wanted it they should have spoken out before now. D- d- am, am I remembering? Am I seeing that correctly? The yes, yeah, yes. I'm just going to say yes. That uh, that sounds like a very quick summary of what she said, and that was part of it. So yes. You you listened. I was watching much of it, and um, God bless y'all. Five hours is grueling, but uh, parent, parent after parent, lots of folks got up uh, against this closing of Stoner Hill. You voted yes to close it. Explain your reason for the vote, and let's just start there. Why did you vote yes? A quick part. It is by far the best thing for the children. The second part, 
It's the fiscally responsible thing to do. Third part, if Caddo Parish wants to move forward and instead of looking back, this is just part of the process. My other question... My other question to you, Barry. Okay, we'll get into it. But my other question is you have about 16 other schools that have, you know, pretty serious declining enrollment issues. Why didn't we wait and do them all in one lump sum, one big plan uh, for consolidation (laughs) rather than, why are you laughing at me? Do I need to slap you? Well, let let me me tell you, uh, I've been on the board long enough. We closed about a dozen schools. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, it's as long as it's always somebody else's school, it's fine. Right. If it's their school, it's not. And the and, and so these other schools and there are some others. It's it's coming. It's it, it, it is coming, you know. One of the, the, the most recent school that we closed prior to Stoner Hill, and this is sound, going to sound mind-boggling, is Arthur Circle in the middle of Broadmoor neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, the right. school, and the school member of that represents that district voted to close Arthur Circle, but voted not to close Stoner Hill. I, that one, I don't understand that would be a question... For her, maybe she could answer it. Uh, the, but you know, so the yes, there's others coming. So why uh, not? Why, answer my. Why not do them all at once? You'd have, you don't have a room big enough for all those parents who would show up. Uh, no, we don't. That's, I think to answer that question, no. The uh, and and I wish I wish it would be that easy to 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 do. The, the uh, uh, and I don't. The, I, I actually I don't see that happening anyway. Even with the best laid out plan, okay. financially, to make a shift to close five schools at one time would be overwhelming, not only to the parish teachers, students. Uh, it, you know, it, it's it, the uh, to be able to shift that many schools and that many students all at one time would could end up just being a transitional fiasco. Okay. The uh, it, I mean that's the it's it's not it, it's not easy logistics okay. when you're. With, I mean, we're we're dealing with, and this is a very small school that we have fought and held on to for six years. This could have happened six years ago for Stoner Hill. Mm-hmm. And there's been money and more money and more money and more money poured into it going, we can do this. Well, money doesn't fix everything. Uh, and as the parents spoke yesterday, and this is critical, they all spoke of how great their teachers are, how great, the spe- and this is in, in particular the special ed, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and And which is exactly... The, the point is, is it's not the building. It's the teachers. It's right. the staff that are actually taking care of our children. They, every person that got up there and spoke said how great 
their teacher was for their child, how great their paraprofessional was for their child. Nobody ever walked up there and said, you know what, this is the best building I've ever had my child in. That building does not provide an education. Um, so, they, But the logistics of trying to do even five at one time would be a it would be it would be a logistical nightmare barry rochelle with the county parish school board barry you mentioned arthur circle and and you're talking about the the physical building uh obviously arthur circle is now being repurposed for a a specialty schools uh, children with dyslexia uh from several parishes in our, our section of the state was there any discussion about the possibility, you know, of, of using that that current Stoner Hill Elementary campus for something? The, there were, and and, I, and some of this I'm not at liberty to, to share because of the individuals that have shown an interest, okay, in, in Cattle Pair School uh, properties, okay? Okay. They, uh, and... and so I, I can't I can't go into any details on that one because that I, well I just can't. But you will they, protect the neighborhood. You will be sure that it fits. It's something that fits the neighborhood. Oh yes. Okay. Let me oh, ask yes. you something. It, it is, you, a, is it a private entity or is it an, an another school type situation? Uh, it's 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 it would be private. Okay. It, it, it would be private. Yeah. Barry, let me ask it, you another thing about the 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 sixteen other schools that we're talking about. What are some of the schools on that list that are in jeopardy? Can you give us a, a little sneak peek? <laughs> Come on now. Come on. The, well, uh, here's the, the if I say that there's going to be a scramble at those schools for those to, the, 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 for those parents and I'm not I would never do that to a teacher, a child or a parent. The, because this this process, we are so there's before we get to the point to where we're actually consolidating or closing the school, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So it, it, this this could be a year before okay. anything else even even is considered. So you're looking to close another sixteen schools? Is that what you're saying? No. That is not what I said. There are there are sixteen that have declining enrollment, enrollment under sixty percent. Is that accurate? That's that is correct. And that's going to be public. That's on the the we, Louisiana Believes website. I mean, but y'all, the superintendent promised he's going to start looking at that at the uh, in the summer, and then bring a plan to you guys that you'll have to look at. Right? What percentage of total schools in Caddo Parish is the number sixteen? How many schools total are there? Uh, you're looking at about that, that, that's about forty percent right there. That's what I'm thinking. Wow. Hang, hang yeah. Forty percent. Hang on. No. 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 Not forty percent. About thirty percent. Okay. Yeah. So you have some tough, de- tough decisions ahead, then, right? The well, you know what? I, it, that's okay. I, I, I'm I'm perfectly fine. The I believe, and I actually put some pictures up, and of course you can't see them on radio either. Is there were some pictures that I had put up during the, during the meeting, and you know there's a there's a bigger part of this. I mean, our vision is not to go around closing schools mm-hmm. all over Caddo Parish. Our vision is, I hang on, I'm going to say my vision. Okay? okay, my vision is for us to be fiscally responsible enough not to keep 
six old cars in the driveway, not knowing which car is going to run, and I'm spending money on all six, just you know, with the hope that I may make it from one spot to another, and it's very expensive to take care of six old cars, or for, for less money, I can build a whole brand new campus, which would be a brand new car. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the uh, and th- that's my vision. This done properly and correct, our children end up in facilities. Our our cost goes down. The the safety and security. Uh, they obviously, you know, it's easier new buildings and the construction of them now. They're safer. They're secure than these finger wing buildings that we have that have entrances and exits, that, you know, all over the place. They, uh, you, know, you know, so there there's the vision. You know, we have to look forward or, or you know, looking back, we're going to keep we, we, looking back. We could still have 64 school buildings in Caddo Parish. But that's not what we have. We have the uh, we, we've closed, uh, you know, uh, we're down down to and, 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 and I'm sorry, I don't know, know the exact number, but we're 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 below 50 mm-hmm. or around, around 50. Let me just say that we're around 50 schools. Gotcha. And, Got- and you know, it's the, but what do you do? You know, Stoner Hill, there are only, there are only about 100 students total that, that live physically in Stoner Hill's attendance zone. Yeah. 100. Mm. I got okay. a message, by the way, from the Tharps that she, uh, Christine Tharp was not on the school board when the Arthur Circle vote came up. She wasn't even on the school board. Just FYI, they're saying that that was incorrect info for what it's worth. I didn't know, uh, I wasn't sure how how that vote, I'm not sure who was on the school board in her position prior, but uh, they wanted no, me to correct. Was, no, Christine Tharp was on the school board when Arthur Circle closed. They're saying that is incorrect information. She was not a school board member at the time of the yeah. Arthur Circle vote. So for what it's worth. Her, would, and, her and I were... Her and I were sitting right next to one another. Interesting. So, okay, I'll go double check. Hang, hang, hang on, let me hang on, hang on, hang on one second here. Okay, I'm trying to think. I don't think that I'm mistaken. Okay, it may be, and and, and uh, the uh, it may be that she was on the board when she made a, a, a recommendation for. It had made some recommendations what to do with the building. Uh, that, that possibly she, she's worked hard to get it to the to the yeah, position it's think, in um, now. But um, we can't thank you enough for your time. I'm sure we will vi- revisit again. And it, yes. was Jasmine Green at the meeting? She was, but she left and, before this vote. And she left before this vote. And part of the and, and this school and our and actually the school board meeting. Well, yes, I'm just going to say she left before the vote, yes. Okay, and her vote would have possibly made it a tie, which meant it would have failed, correct? Uh, And I don't know the answer to that question. If she had voted no, it would have been a tie, which means it does fail. That is correct. Gotcha. Barry Rochelle, thanks for your time, sir. Hey, guys, we appreciate y'all. Y'all have a blessed day, okay? You bet. Thank you, Barry. 1017. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike M McCarty Aaron what a morning oh my.
gosh. Can we get one segment where you guys aren't rushing to finish chewing, please? <laughs> I'm done. I'm good. I'm not. We have a smorgasbord in here. We've got like Mexican and we've got Scottish stuff, all kinds of stuff in here. Yeah, Scottish Tartan Festival this weekend in mm-hmm. Minden. They've got a new location in downtown Minden. Uh, uh, thank you, Sheila, for coming in and Stephen Webb. Um, they're bringing haggis balls and sticky pudding oh, from gosh. there. Uh, Gregory Kallenberg came in. Taco Wars is next weekend. Got a lot yes. going on. Yeah, Dana, he didn't eat any of the pudding. None of the pudding. He didn't eat any of it. <laughs> I did take a bite. I just, uh, seriously, a just bite? a small. I had to. to it, it was a half gallon bowl. It was not. You feel that bus? Clear that up because I... <laughs> he did not. He did not no, he did eat not. a whole big bowl. It was a bite. It was. It, I three. just wanted to try it and it was delicious. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. El Delicioso. Yeah, no kidding. Oh. It's nice to have all this food in here. You know, it's funny. Everybody comes in here to see us today. I'm We've like, had more they visitors. They love us. Hey, what y'all, what y'all got over there? Yeah, they love us. I'm feeling love today. You don't normally come in here. And 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 more stuff coming tomorrow, too, by the way. Uh, Brandon Trusclair, Secretary of State candidate, going to join us uh, in the 7 o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. And Shreveport Little Theater uh, is producing Driving Miss Daisy. Okay. Opens this weekend. And Lockhart. Coming in town wow. to perform Miss Daisy. That's going to be so, awesome. Yes, and she's going to come in studio and join us tomorrow. She really is? Yeah, she's coming in studio tomorrow. Holy cow. How cool is that? No doubt. <laughs> so, uh, oh, man. Looking forward to it. Make it a great Wednesday. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM.